Congregation, the text for the sermon, the focus of the sermon is verse 27 of Matthew 14. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, also you boys and girls, I've uh, owned a canoe for many years and found it very pleasant to paddle along with the wind behind me, but it was a bigger chore when I had to paddle into the wind. And sometimes I ended up on a lake and, or river having to paddle into a hard headwind. And I paddled hard, but it was hard to steer. The canoe seemed to go back and forth and hard to make any headway. And sometimes it seemed I was really working hard, but even going backwards. Sometimes as a believer, you can have times when it seems that you have the wind behind you, things are going well, and you can also have times when it seems hard to get ahead spiritually. I'm speaking spiritually, of course. Even times when you feel you're going spiritually backwards. And then you, you question things. You question the truth of the Bible. Is there really a God? Why do I experience so little of him? When you express those kind of doubts and struggles with faith to somebody else in church, they might say, well, you, you just have to accept what the Bible says. But that accepting, that believing what the Bible says is exactly what's so difficult at that moment can be hard to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is with you, that he cares about you, that he's your savior. It can be hard to believe that, and then you wonder if it's worth it, all that praying and going to worship on Sundays and being involved in church life. Is it really worth it? Doubt and unbelief are like paddling into the wind when it comes to following Christ, sometimes it feels like you're not going forward at all. Maybe even backward because of spiritual headwind. Think of the disciples of the Lord Jesus in a boat during a storm on the Sea of Galilee. They were rowing like mad, but apparently they weren't getting ahead at all. Getting across the lake. That was how it was spiritually too. They wanted to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. But it was hard to place all their trust in him. They had their questions too, their doubts. So in that storm on the sea, then the Lord Jesus teaches his disciples what's important for them to remember in all the storms of life. And he says that in our text, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And I preach that text with this theme, Jesus teaches his disciples to trust in him. His disciples together in the first place, and then also Peter in particular. 
So first of all, his disciples together. Just before the passage we read from Matthew 14, we're told towards evening of that day, Jesus fed those 5,000 men plus women and children, fed them with five loaves of bread and two fish. And the disciples had taken up 12 baskets of leftover fish and bread. To their astonishment, I'm sure. But then the afternoon was getting late. It was time for the crowd to be getting back home again while there was still some light. So Jesus wanted to send them home while there was still light. And he ordered his disciples to get into the boat and row to the other side of the sea. He would follow later. I'm sure they had their questions. How how would that go? But first he wanted to go up on the mountain to be by himself and to pray. So he sent them on. The disciples weren't that excited about going over the sea without their master. But as Matthew writes, he made them go ahead in the boat. He commanded them to do that. However, when the disciples had rowed the boat a few kilometers across the sea, the wind picked up and the waves got bigger and bigger, and a storm like that can come up pretty quickly, you know, on the Sea of Galilee. It's uh, between mountains there. And the wind and the waves beat against the boat so that the disciples made little or no headway with their rowing. During that night, by the fourth watch of the night, that would be three o'clock in the morning, they were still struggling to make the opposite shore. That's how it can be in one's spiritual life too, right? You want to obey the Lord in his word. You want to obey what he commands But then Satan attacks you, makes it hard for you to obey the Lord's will. You know what he wants? He wants you to love that person who is so difficult. So you set out to do that, but then he or she does something that makes it even harder to show love to them. But fortunately, you have a praying Savior. Because while that boat was Bouncing away on that sea there, the Lord Jesus was on his knees on the mountain praying. Praying for strength for himself, but without doubt also for his disciples there on the sea. On the waves. And today, when you are assailed by spiritual waves, beloved, you may know with even more certainty that the Lord also intercedes for you in heaven where he ascended in glory, as we remembered a short time ago. He continually intercedes for us before the Father. Through all the difficulties, questions, and doubts of life that you encounter in life, know that the Lord Jesus is praying for you When Satan causes the boat of your life to be tossed by waves and pushed back by headwind, know that your Savior is praying for you, for strength for you. When it was three o'clock in the night 
Jesus walked in the direction of that boat. He was walking across the sea. He was heading for the other side of the sea, going to pass by the boat. As we're told in Mark 6, the parallel passage in Mark 6. And that would explain why Peter wanted to go to Jesus on the water. He just wanted to join Jesus as he was walking along to the other side. The Lord Jesus was apparently going to walk all the way there on the surface of the water. What a miracle. Jesus walking on the surface of the sea. And not the calm surface of a pond that in itself would already be a wonder. No, Jesus was walking on the turbulent surface of the stormy sea of Galilee, waves breaking and everything. He was walking on the surface of them, wild waves rising and falling, maybe a few meters even. They could see him, and then they couldn't see him, and then they saw him again, and because the waves were going up and down, he simply walked over the waves of the stormy sea. In the meantime, the disciples were in the boat, rowing like mad against the wind and the waves, and making no headway at all. And suddenly one of them pointed to that pale figure on the surface of the turbulent sea appearing and then disappearing between the waves. A ghost. Those tough fishermen cried out in fear. What would you have done if you had seen what they saw in the storm going past them on the waves? Those disciples didn't even consider that it might be the Lord Jesus himself. But it was. In their fear, they didn't see it was him. They didn't see him. It can happen to us too, can it? That we don't see or hear the Lord either when he comes to us. It can get stormy in our lives and we become afraid and doubts and questions overwhelm us. And then we can lose sight of the Lord and his promises too, even though they're here with us. And you know, it's remarkable how some who are assailed by fears and doubts don't open their Bible at those kind of times when they struggle with doubts and so on. They question everything, but instead of being in church to listen to the word proclaimed, they start to skip out. I don't know. I don't know if it's real. And then they leave their Bibles closed and they neglect to pray And then they turn away from the Lord and his church when they experience trial and temptation and doubts. And in the meantime, it's exactly through his word that the Lord is there. That he makes himself known to them, appears to them in the word. John Calvin said, in the proclamation of the word, the Lord appears to his church. Clothed in the word. Prayerfully listen to the word. And you see the good shepherd and you hear him. Jesus spoke to his fearful disciples in the boat. Take heart, he said. It is I. Do not be afraid. 
he said that as he was standing on that sea, that wild sea. He's, he wasn't bothered by the storm. He's mightier than the storm. He had shown his disciples that already before. Matthew 8, he had calmed the sea for them. You don't have to be afraid of storm or anything with him. Also, not the waves and billows that can wash over you sometimes in, in life. Also then, Jesus reaches out to you with his word and spirit, calls you to strengthen you. And he reaches out to you in church then too, surrounds you with his care in the communion of saints. The communion of saints is the Lord surrounding you with his care. And then he says to you in your fears and doubts too, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And you realize this is where you need to be. Notice, congregation, that the Lord Jesus didn't still the storm in Matthew 14 right away. He didn't even get into the boat with his disciples right away. That says something to us, too. He doesn't necessarily still the storms of our lives when he comes. No, he says, keep going. Work hard. Keep rowing. Trust me. Keep trusting me. Believing me. Serving me. Obeying me. I'm with you. I go before you. Jesus is not a ghost, an apparition, but he is your Savior. And he wants nothing less than your salvation. The salvation he worked for you. He himself, in fact, went through all the storms, all the possible storms of life. Storms of suffering and death. He was betrayed. He was mocked, spit on, beaten, whipped, innocently condemned to death, crucified. And through all of that, he, he trusted his father. He carried you in his heart and he did it for you. And that's how he went before you to his father's house. And see, your life here is actually a, a journey to the promised land. And you can experience wonderful things on that journey, beautiful weather, so to speak. You have the wind in your back, but also storm, waves and billows, strong headwind, difficulties, loneliness, sufferings, sorrow, sickness, ultimately death. And all those waves and billows can bring fears, doubts, questions, intense questions, apparently without answers. Life can be like that at times. Hard rowing against strong headwind, as with the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus doesn't take you to the other side just like that. Life is a journey across a sea. And the Lord Jesus lets you row, sometimes row hard. So hard, you, you figure you're not making any progress at all. You have responsibilities and you have tasks in life to fulfill. 
You have to make choices. Sometimes very difficult choices in life. Sometimes the Lord has you carry a cross, a burden that you have to carry with you to the grave. And it can be hard to follow the Lord at times. And are you ready to follow your Savior in simple obedience? Even if it feels like you're not getting ahead even a bit. Ready to put your trust in him and not in anything else. Him alone for your life. If I follow the Lord. If I just obey him. It will turn out all right. On the Sea of Galilee, Jesus taught his disciples that they didn't have to fear storm and headwind. They learned that their labors and struggles were not for nothing. He taught them that they could trust in him. Always, everywhere. Just obey him. Follow him. Also in the middle of the storm and uncertainty, his voice says to them and to us today then to take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. We come to the second part of the sermon. Jesus teaches Peter in particular to trust him. Peter congregation was a fisherman who had seen more storms on the Sea of Galilee In fact, as we mentioned before, not too long before he had been in the middle of that severe storm along with the other disciples. And at that time, the Lord Jesus had been asleep in the boat. And only after the disciples had woken him up did he still the storm. He had stilled their fears then as he had stilled the storm. So this time when Peter realized that it was Jesus who was walking by the boat on the water, he was Less afraid. His trust in Jesus had apparently grown. But was his trust strong enough to become apostle after Jesus' ascension? Remember how self-confident he was. I will never deny you, Lord. And the Lord Jesus had to tell him, tonight you will deny me. Before the morning, you will deny me three times. Peter, impulsive Peter, wanted to go to Jesus as he walked by toward the opposite shore. If only I'm with Jesus. Commendable, beautiful. And Jesus' word was enough for Peter. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And the Lord says, come. But is Peter's faith really free of doubt and fear yet? Is Jesus big enough for him? Mighty enough for Peter? In his mind and heart? Notice that in this storm incident on the Sea of Galilee, as well as the previous one, Jesus used the words, Oh, you of little faith. Little faith ties those two incidents together. Little faith. The disciples must have connected those two incidents with that, with those, that phrase too. Little faith. It was impulsive Peter who maybe figured he had great faith, you see. 
But now the Lord Jesus wanted to teach Peter that his faith was not so perfect and strong by a long shot yet. Yes, Peter had faith, but there's lots of room for growth yet in that faith. Lots of room to grow in trust in his Savior. And that's why the Lord Jesus said to Peter, come. And then Peter swung his feet over the side of the boat, set his foot, one foot on the water, and then the other on the surface of the waves. And then he took one step and another. And his trust in Jesus was not put to shame. And the fisherman, who knew how dangerous the sea could be, walked toward the Lord Jesus. That must have been an amazing sensation for Peter. But then Peter heard the wind and the sound of the waves, and he saw the storm all around him. And then he took his eyes from the Lord Jesus. And he felt the power of the storm. And as experienced fishermen, he knew how dangerous it was in such conditions. And his attention then wavered from the Lord Jesus and doubts crept into his heart. Who knew how many steps he took? Maybe just a few, three or four. Doubt gripped his heart. What am I doing here? This isn't possible. Can't be possible. And his faith sank away. And so did he sink into the water. He was so focused on his circumstances, he forgot the Lord Jesus. He had been so impressed by Jesus' power the previous time in the storm of the sea. And he had been so amazed by the feeding of all those people with a few loaves and fish the previous evening. But now, again, fear and doubt gripped his heart and he began to sink in the water. Congregation, brothers and sisters, boys and girls too, that can happen so easily to us too, can't we? Can't it? We so easily fall into doubts and fears again and again. Circumstances can cause us to question the things we have been taught, the things we maybe were so sure of before. Is God real? Is the Bible really from him? Is everything in it really true? Why is there sin? Where did it come from? Why disasters? Why suffering? Does it help to pray? Why eternal election and also reprobation? Is God fair? Is there a hell? Is heaven real? Or maybe something just imagined? How do I know I belong to Jesus? How do I know my sins have really been forgiven? Questions. Questions. Questions that keep coming back because we are still so unstable and weak in faith. Sure, we profess to believe. But when it comes to the crunch, 
the doubts can creep in. Think of the disciples who had experienced those storms on the sea and so many other amazing things with their Lord. When he rose from the dead and stood among them on that Sabbath, he allowed them to touch him, to show that he wasn't a ghost. It is really him. And he said, is there anything here to eat? And they gave him fish and he ate it with them. They spoke with him. And they worshipped him when they met him in Galilee, as it says in Matthew 28. They spoke with him and he to them. And then it's added in that verse, Matthew 28, verse 17. But some doubted. The doubt crept in again. How can he be here? He died. See, Satan pushes doubt on God's children because that eats away at their confidence in the Lord and their relationship with him. And Peter started sinking and he cried out, Lord, save me. And fortunately, in all the storm of doubt, Peter still had not completely lost his faith. He turned to, to the Lord. Save me. That's how our doubts can be overcome, congregation. Reaching out for our Savior. And see, the Lord Jesus also reaches out his hand then. Peter sinks in the waves, but... Jesus doesn't let the doubter drown. Reaches out for him. And he says to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus restores the contact which had been broken by the doubt. And with that, he teaches Peter that he can't trust in himself and his own faith, the strength of his own faith. Yes, in faith, Peter had stepped on the water and had started walking towards Jesus. But there were too many distractions. And his faith was assailed and it turned out to be weak. Peter needed to focus his faith on Jesus and Jesus alone. But there were all these other things happening there. And congregation, isn't it the same with us? So many distractions and so many things happening that take our attention away from the Lord. We can overcome our doubts and temptations only by focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ alone, by reaching out our hands to him. Lord, save me. I believe. Help my unbelief. And then Jesus draws you up. He doesn't let people of little faith who, who cry out to him drown in their doubts. So when you're stormed by doubts and questions in life, call out to the Lord Jesus. Cry to him, and he will not let you drift away and drown. The Lord Jesus led Peter back to the boat and they both got into the boat. And as soon as they set foot in the boat, it says the wind ceased. 
While Jesus walked on the sea, he didn't use his divine power to calm the waves. No, the storm remained while all of this was going on. And we learn from that that the Lord Jesus also uses storm with headwind to teach and to give growth in faith to those who are his, to those who are weak in their faith. And we all have weaknesses in our faith. He could have calmed the waves even from the mountain where he was praying. He could have said to the sea, be calm. But he let his disciples toil and struggle in that boat in the storm because he wanted to teach them to put their trust in him every time again. He wanted to strengthen and encourage them through bringing them through that storm and showing them they can trust in him. And then when he stepped on board with them, the wind ceased, it says. In fact, from the Gospel of John, we know that at that moment, he stepped in the boat. The boat reached the opposite shore. The disciples were deeply awed by the Lord Jesus and his divine power and greatness, how their faith and trust in him must have grown through what had happened. And yet, their struggles would continue. But they had, at that time, they thought they would never get to the other side. But when they were weak, the Lord Jesus showed himself strong. They realized again that they needed to trust in him. Even if he let them struggle with waves and wind. And that's why they fell on their knees and worshipped him. And said, truly, you are the son of God. See, we learn from Matthew 14. That the Lord Jesus is God's son. And he is worthy of our trust. Our total trust. And that's what we have to come back to every time again. He shows us in that passage, he has everything completely under control. He can be trusted also in the storms of life. Cry out to him. He is the rock of our salvation. So congregation, follow the Lord Jesus Christ in faith and trust even if obeying him doesn't seem to be the right thing to do at the moment. Seems to bring you no farther. Obey him. Follow him. Do what he requires of you in his word. Even if it seems the most difficult way to go. And even if you end up in the middle of a storm and struggle because he has told you to go there and do that. And then maybe it seems as if you're making no headway. And you have all kinds of fears and questions. Follow him. Follow him. Cry out to him. Because he's gone before you through the storm. And he says to you too, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Amen.